Um, yeah, as I was saying, what was I saying? Yeah, uh, Glassman wanted to talk about um, this like series of gyms. It's like CrossFit Copenhagen group of CrossFit gyms. I think there's almost thirty of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently deaffiliated and kind of made a make it made a big deal out of it. Okay. Um. So, did you called, know anything about that before before it happened? Uh, no, I heard about it around the same time as other people did. Like it wasn't, it was, um, I saw it sort of popping up on social media and stuff. And I don't really know enough about the European like state of affairs for affiliates to have like made a comment about it or anything. But, um, I reached out to a couple friends of mine who have been in like the affiliate space in Europe for a really long time. And they kind of gave me a breakdown of sort of where they're at and what's going on. They're essentially, I mean, for them, CrossFit has been and and like was sort of like this launching pad until they could do their own thing. Um, So it looks like they're just sort of branding out uh, their own style of like gym stuff and moving from, you know, just just trying to create like a chain of gyms, basically. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they've obviously been pretty successful creating a chain of gyms as is because there's almost 30 of them. I think they have like 27 locations, sure. but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not the, it's to me, it's not the biggest story. Um, and again, like, you know, my expertise isn't in that space. So like, I only know sort of what I've heard from the people, um, who are tangentially involved. I haven't spoken to any of the um, any of the owners of, of that, that group of gyms, um, you know, Why I, don't not? Know. Uh, I don't, I don't know them. Uh, and I have enough stuff on my plate. Like I have, I have enough content to cover, uh, that it's not, it's not a priority to, you know, what, what, what was Glassman? What, I mean, what do you think the purpose of the call was if he didn't state it outright? Uh, I think he, so I, you know, I think he wanted to sort of, we haven't spoken in a long time. Uh, okay. So I think he wanted to uh, very quickly sort of bring me up to date with like what is going on with that CrossFit Copenhagen thing, you know, sort of, it was, you know, that the Copenhagen group was leaving the affiliation, but also that, um, you know, HQ has had their own series of problems with that group for a really long time, apparently. Okay. Um, you know, that it was, it was only a matter of time that one, one end or another just ended that relationship. Like it, he, to him, he was like, you know, we were, we were pretty close to telling them to leave anyway, uh, because of what they were, because of the stuff that they were doing. But, you know, I, I even told him, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I haven't done any content on this and, you know, I don't know enough about it. Like exactly what I told you. I don't know enough about it to, um, make it a, a thing right now. It's like actually talk about it super in depth. Um, and he was like, okay, no big deal, whatever. And then we just shot the shit for 10, 15 minutes about, you know, life stuff, whatever. Do you think that he was con- trying to make sure that you had like two perspectives before you made any content maybe I think potentially you know I know that the the only other big um 
you know, sort of outlet that has put any content out on it, I think is Morning Chalk Up. Um, you know, Justin runs Morning Chalk Up much more to like a journalistic standard. Uh, and he mm. treats what he does kind of like, you know, keeping the record in a way, you know, so that when things happen, you can reference it, you can actually reference it to what has happened in the past. You know, there's some sort mm. of, a, you know, a precedent to, to refer to. Um, but at the same time, like, it is uh, what Morning Chalk Up does doesn't always bring in, like, every perspective. So I, I glanced over the article that they had written, and I'm not sure uh, they had... I don't know if they'd even reached out to HQ to hear about what HQ was trying to do about it or what they thought about it, or if they just hadn't heard back from them regarding the Copenhagen thing. But my guess is that Greg read that article and... My guess is quite literally that Greg read that article either yesterday or this morning and just called me right off the bat. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? That's just that's just part of the part of the game right now, I guess. Are you, know? you are you thinking of making any content on that? I mean, it's something that can come up. You know, it's something that that we can, um, uh, that like you know I can talk about. But at the end of the day, like, you know, is it something that's worth doing a ton of content on? I don't know. I don't know the question about that. Um, and by when I say like a ton of content, I mean, like, is it worth doing an ex like a, uh, you know, if I do like a live, a live thing, let's say I do a live thing like six times a week, right? So I'm in, I'm in town uh, tonight through next Tuesday night, right? So I, I leave on Wednesday for uh, Montreal. So I have, I have okay. eight days. So Tuesday through Tuesday, I have eight days. Um, let's say out of those eight days, I do six live shows. Is it worth putting one whole, like, you know, title shot, half an hour of, of discussion on this thing? I don't know. I don't know if it is. Is it worth like opening the show with it and talking about it for five minutes? Maybe, you know. So there's there's just a lot more, I think, um, interesting or juicy things to talk about uh, as opposed to what's happening with these affiliates. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a lot of people are like, hey, I want to know about this affiliate thing. I feel like at the end of the day, though, like, people will read into whatever they want to read into it. You know, they're going to take a look at it and they're going to see a big group of affiliates leaving. And, and if they're, you know, already sort of burnt out on the CrossFit thing, or they see sort of the, a trend in, in a specific direction, they might be like, well, this is it. This is proof that CrossFit's not going to work in the long term, and the affiliate model is doomed and this and that. And at the same time, you can look at it and say, oh, well, this is just the system working and people who don't want to be CrossFit affiliates don't have to be CrossFit affiliates and they can move on and do their own thing. And I, that's the thing, like, you know, you, I could report it, um, but the editorialization of something like this, it's not, you know, I don't think I have a take, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think I can, I can, um, at least just right now with the limited information that I have, I don't know if there's 
there's like a, a really interesting or contextual breakdown that's worth making because people are just going to read into it what they want to read into it. Yeah, but I mean, if if a group that's, I don't know, I don't know how many CrossFit affiliates there are now, but let's say it's half a percent of your total uh, affiliates decides to leave, I think it's a significant enough occurrence that it might warrant uh, I mean, it's, Some it's, sort it's, of content. it's, I mean, half a percent of the entire worldwide. No, not even close. Um, what that? No, half a percent. It's, it's more like, it's more like, you know, how many affiliates? One are half of 1%. No, one half of one half of 1%. Sorry. <laughs> A quarter percent? No, it's it's yeah, because there's only there's there's you know last count that they had was like fifteen thousand affiliates. Oh, and this fifteen thousand. Okay, okay, okay. 15, this is 000. this is twenty seven affiliates. Got it. Got cool. it. How many affiliates are in? Did you did you say Denmark? Yeah, I think I think they're they're the grouping is crossed with Copenhagen, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Got it. So, how many affiliates were there in Denmark? I have no clue. I mean, my my guess is they had most of them. You know, if they have nearly thirty affiliates, um, I would be surprised if there weren't uh, if they weren't a large portion of the um, affiliates in uh, in that space. But I, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, time, that, that's the thing I don't know enough group. about. I don't know enough about the affiliate space in Europe to be able to. to you know, riff off it off the top of my head and, and the research process of this is like, you know, I could get answers back tonight or I could get answers back never, you know? So right. talking to people about it is sure. I can look into it, but I don't know. Okay. So are you, are you fully recovered from our trip? Uh, I'd say I'm pretty close to recovered. I slept uh, better last night than I did the night before. You know, my trip back from from Salt Lake City was not great. It wasn't the perfect. It wasn't the perfect experience. You know, uh, the just to recap it for people who are listening to this right now. So Z and I were in um, Salt Lake City. We went to Deer Valley, just outside of Salt Lake City, for a ski trip. Um, it was myself, uh, both, both my older brothers uh, and a couple of friend of ours, uh, friends of ours. And, uh, we skied a ton. I mean, Z and I skied, uh, probably something like nine or 10 hours over the course of two days, uh, really got our money's worth like those $200 lift tickets. Absolutely had to get every, every, just squeeze every penny out of that in terms of value. Uh, well, we, we used, we used, we used, uh, Narek's friends and family on his icon. So we got, it wasn't quite $200. Okay. So it was, it was like, if you split it between all three of us, it ended up being like 110 bucks a person per day. That's, that's, that's pretty great. good. That's pretty good. Um, but anyway, the, uh, yeah. So coming back, um, on Sunday, you know, yeah, what I, happened? I, so, you know, we all, we all went to the airport together and, uh, you know, everyone except for me had, had, a, had the flights around the same time. Everyone left around in like the early afternoon, like three ish. And my flight was at eight 30. 
So I had several hours to kill at the airport, got a bunch of stuff done, which is good. Very, very um, productive time in that Delta lounge there. Really, really getting my money's worth with my uh, my Amex, uh, my yearly Amex uh, card membership, uh, multiple yearly Amex card memberships. So anyway, so uh, I get like a text or an email or whatever from Delta telling me that our flight's delayed. I'm like, okay, flight's delayed. Like, I'm not going to be getting home until after midnight anyway. Not the end of the how, world. How long was it delayed initially? It was, it was initially delayed maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And, and did you spend any time uh, like watching people at the airport and realizing that we're completely fucked when it comes to the coronavirus, if it's nearly as bad as it is? Yes. I, I know yes, I've been mentioning this, but it's, in, I mean, it's like, it's, it's front and center in the news right now. So I'll tell you right now, every time that I coughed or sneezed, I, I felt the need to almost tell people around me that, hey, I don't have the coronavirus. I didn't. I never did. I would not live. How do I know? That's right. That's a good question. I travel a lot. How do I know? Uh, not too long ago, I was in the Atlanta airport uh, for a connection. And I was like walking through from one, one terminal to the next. And I saw someone with the face mask on. And I was like, I'm so fucked. This is it. Like, I'm so oh, fucked. Oh, and I now, think about now they're designer face masks. Yeah, we saw. Yeah, we, we saw. We saw the, uh, like, we saw the all black. And the uh, leopard print one. The, my, the leopard, leopard print, print one was my favorite one. It was it was uh, accessorizing one? with her with that lady's boots. <laughs> I feel like there's a business opportunity here. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm gonna go. Designer masks? So. No. Come on. By the time by the time you get your operations up, you first of all you're gonna buy you're gonna be buying your masks in bulk from China, so they come with with coronavirus pre-installed. <laughs> Second of all, by the time you get you get everything locked in, and you get your <laughs> your uh, supply chain. In place, this entire thing will have either blown over or ruined the planet. So, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, are you you're not going to be able to to you know get your deliveries on in time to actually change anything or make any money? I don't but, know. It sounds like it sounds like we're headed for World War Z. Uh, yeah, or, I heard. Walking I, Dead. So, two things about the going towards World War Z is one, you know, Katie works in nursing. Uh, in the ER. And so you're definitely getting the coronavirus? Well, no, we're not getting the coronavirus because most of the people that she deals with are, it's like central Texas. We don't, we don't have the coronavirus yet. It hasn't made it, it hasn't made it this deep uh, as far as we know. So no. So uh, Katie works in nursing and this is her last week. So she's not, she's not going to be involved anymore. So we're going to be fine. Right. We're going to be totally fine. Uh, but we have a friend of ours, uh, Kelly, who also works in nursing and, uh, she like manages a, a bunch of uh, clinics that are for um, infectious diseases. No, no, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> high risk pregnancy, high risk pregnancy. So that that's the Got specialty it. that she's in. So she manages all these different um, clinics, and she was saying that she just heard from her owners uh, that they need to lock up all their face masks so that nobody takes them. Because yeah. you know, apparently face masks are very, very uh, uh, short supply, and they're they're sort of, they're sort of coming in. And then second thing about the whole World War Z thing is, yesterday uh, I had my book club thing uh, that we do every month, and the guys were saying, what, "What's the book? What's the book that you're reading?" We read 
this book called Who's in Charge? It was a book about free will and um, uh, you know its relationship with neuroscience. Um, Got it. The book was pretty modern. I mean, it was written maybe ten years ago, mm. so it's, it's pretty up to date. It was it was good. Uh, but anyway, the guys were talking about going to Costco and how even Costco's uh, even Costco's um, you know their their stock of paper towels and hand sanitizer and like all this other stuff like was running low at, at fucking Costco. And I was like, what, what is the Costco Costco stock is like going up because they, they think they're going to get a meaningful increase in sales. I heard, I heard their stock went up like 15 or 17% over the past week. Yeah. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, I don't understand what people are preparing for. That's, that's what I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm completely misunderstanding coronavirus, but it's not going to the way, the way I'm, I'm seeing it. It doesn't seem to be the type of thing that's going to decimate our infrastructure and, you know, lead to the road being, you know, the, the daily life that all of us are living. Cannibals a, eating your yeah, children. Yeah. Cannibals eating your children, pushing a shopping cart on a highway, very, very, you know, stressed out and constantly anxious about every other human being that you meet because they might be a cannibal that wants to eat your kid. Listen, if you're not going to prepare properly, uh, I would just suggest using the internet while you still have the opportunity to research dog recipes and <laughs> That's fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, back to my story, back to my story. So I was, I was stuck in the airport. We got like a, a, a notification that was like, oh, hey, you know, your, your flight's delayed 45 minutes. Like, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. Like I get home at 1 a.m. instead of 1230. Who cares? Um, so anyway, we get to the, we finally get on the plane, you know, everything's good to go. I, I start watching, uh, it chapter two and I was like, all right. I, I was like, yeah, I was like, first of all, I'm a pussy when it comes to scary movies. I'm not interested in watching scary movies at home because I feel like it completely poisons the environment. It just makes everything terrifying. So I'm not interested in watching scary movies at home. But I was like, on an airplane, first of all, it's going to be it's going to be edited for content. So that's going to make it suck a little bit more, but I'll I'll deal with it. And it, it is. It, it says it's edited, it's edited for content. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought I thought they I thought they moved away from editing for content. I mean, whether they actually do or not, I don't know, but it, I actually, I'm 100% sure they do because, uh, so I only made it the first like 15 minutes of the movie, um, before, you know, every, all the electricity on the airplane turned off while we were, uh, taxiing, um, which was by the way, uh, perfectly coincided. You've seen it chapter two. Right? Yeah. So I, I never, I didn't finish it. I watched the first 15 minutes. So in the first, in the first uh, scene of the movie, uh, this gay couple gets attacked in uh, Derry at like a, 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 a carnival. And uh, right as they're like beating one of the guys to death and they pick him up and they're about to throw him over the bridge, which I'm assuming they, they're going to throw him over the bridge and like, you know, uh, Pennywise is going to be at the bottom to like eat him or something, right? Like that, that's my assumption. My, my assumption is that is that he's about to get thrown over the bridge and Pennywise is going to be there to either like eat him or eat all of them or like encourage them or something. Right. Right. As they're about to toss him off the bridge, it's like power goes out. Like lights go off. AC goes off. All the monitors turn off. And and I was like, I I'm dead. Like Delta, 
I don't know what type of, I don't know what type of like uh, super interactive, you know, 4D <laughs> horror movie situation, like, you know, simulation I'm in right now, but you're crushing it because all I'm expecting is to turn around and see a little red balloon. A red balloon floating down the aisle. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I was expecting to see. Anyway, so the power shuts off while we're taxiing uh, on the runway and they pull off to the side of the runway and they're like, you know, captain comes on and says that uh, they had a, they had some sort of like uh, electrical failure and uh, you know, they need to figure out whether they can fix it. So we stay off the runway. We're like taxied on the, on the tarmac um, for like 10 minutes. Finally, he comes back on. And he's like, listen, it's not something that we can fix here. Like we tried to reboot it. And in the process of rebooting it, uh, another five or six systems failed. I was like, all right, I'm glad that we were on the ground when this happened. That's fantastic. So they, they taxi us back to the gate. And when they get to the gate, they're like, listen, we're going to bring in uh, a technician to take a look at this and try and figure it out. Technician comes on board, tells everyone that they're going to try their best to get it fixed. But if someone, if they, people want to leave the plane, they can, they can just grab all their stuff and just get off the plane. And a bunch and what, of what did. percentage? What percentage of the plane do you think two thirds plane? Easy. Wow. Easy. Two thirds. Uh, at one okay. point, like right near the end of of this entire situation, I like looked around the plane, and there was maybe thirty of us left on the plane. So it could have even been more than two thirds. Um, you know, it was it was really really empty for you know for a little while there. Anyway, so a bunch of people start leaving. Eventually. You know, the screens turn back on, the lights turn back on, the air conditioning turns back on. I was like, okay, so it looks like they're they're working here. And then the captain comes back on on, on the intercom and he says, listen, uh, got good news and I got bad news. Uh, good news is they, they fixed some of the technical issues and there's still some mechanic, like there's still some electrical issues that they need to fix, but it looks like they're going to be able to figure it out. The bad news is even if they had fixed it, we can't take off now because your flight crew is timed out and we're not legally allowed to fly anymore. You know, we were already pushing up against our legal limit by, you know, with our, uh, uh, our, our existing, uh, flight schedule. But even with this delay and coming back to the gate, we've already, we've elapsed the amount of time that we're legally allowed to be, you know, your pilots and Delta need, needs to find you a new flight crew. <laughs> so I'm going to call bullshit on that, by the way. You, you, you think so? Hundred percent. Why? Uh, with with the description of the number of people that deplaned, I think that they use that as an excuse to just cancel the flight. I I don't think so because they they so here's why I don't think so. I was up pretty late that night. So anyway, the end result of this entire thing is, you know, they had to replace the flight crew, which means that even if they had been able to fix it at that point, it was at least a two hour delay because in order to replace your flight crew you have to call in your, you know, other pilots, right? And the minimum that you have to give them is two hours. So if you wake somebody up, if you're calling in somebody who's on call and you wake them up, you need to have a two hour window from you calling them to them showing up um, to be, to be the pilots. So sometimes it's faster than that. Like if there are pilots who are at the airport on call and waiting that come, that can be like, you know, half an hour or something, or if it's, you know, waiting, until that two hour mark, it could take two hours. Anyway, so they delayed it no matter what for two hours. Uh, I ended up getting rebooked and getting a hotel voucher, whole bunch of shenanigans there. But the flight actually did end up leaving around, you know, like 
12, 15 in that, that morning. So it didn't get into Austin until like 3.30 in the morning. But it did end up leaving. Um, I don't know how many oh. people were on it. but Probably uh, not many. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure there were some people that are like, you know, it's not worth an extra night um, or whatever. But, you know, I, I was so – I was like over it. I mean, it wasn't – I wasn't upset or anything. I'm going to say that I actually had a very zen reaction to the whole thing and, and you know, made it through without being super pissed. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a, a, a harrowing flight experience. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, why be angry about something that's completely outside of your control? Yeah, there's, sure. there was nothing I could do about it, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't super, I wasn't super bummed. It just, it is what it is. I, I didn't have any out of pocket costs, uh, associated with the, um, delay or anything like that. And so I just, you know, went with it. It is what it is. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Any soreness, any lingering uh, soreness or, uh, physical effects from the skiing? No, I feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of those situations where I was, I'm in, I'm, in pretty decent shape and I've been squatting a lot more, um, this year over the past like few months, uh, than yeah, I have I in tell. a long time. You, look, you looked, uh, you looked super, uh, beefy, uh, thick. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty beefy. I feel pretty thick. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, my legs weren't in, you know, the best shape for something like skiing, but I wasn't, I, I, it, it took, it took all day for me to get tired for like my legs to get tired on the slopes, but I didn't really have any sort of like lingering soreness or anything like that. No stiffness. What about you? No, no, I, I, I was good. I was That's good. good. Uh, got home, was fairly tired. So, but didn't sleep well. Uh, and Last night was fine, so fully recovered. Although I did see something that I'm, I I I thought of you immediately. Uh oh. In indoor, the 2020 Concept Two Indoor Rowing Championships happened. Oh yeah, my buddy Shane was was uh, was the announcer. Oh, so 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 did you follow any of it? No, I didn't. I think it was the okay. same weekend as Wadapalooza. Okay. Okay. So, so let's, let's play, let's play our, uh, let's see how good you are at guessing the winning times. Okay. So I watched the entire lightweight men's. Okay. The lightweight men's, uh, kind of heat, basically the championship heat, 2000 meters. Okay, how do they define lightweight? Is it like under two hundred or under two twenty? You know what? I haven't I haven't looked it up. Okay, I haven't looked it up. But uh, but I, I'm guessing probably I'm guessing uh, like somewhere in the middleweight range, maybe okay. one one seventy to one eighty five might be the cutoff. I mean, they didn't they, these didn't everybody looked like they were in great shape, but. Uh, they didn't look tiny either. Okay, so, so and then do you know how many weight classes they have? Do they have like only two weight classes? Like they have it's the big lightweight giant. and open. It's okay, so the lightweight's probably like like okay. All right, so I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's fine. Okay. Go on. Okay. 
Okay, so lightweight male winning time for 2,000 meters. The world championship 2K time on a lightweight male. And I'm uh, going to give you some information uh, to, to kind of help you. The winner was the current Olympic champion in the two-man skull. He won from France. Okay. Uh, from France? Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, okay. I think probably something like 525. Jesus. 535? For 2,000 2, meters? Yeah, why not? No. No, no. Uh, so your guess, 535. So the winner, 606.5. Six minutes, six seconds, and a half. That's pretty That's fucking fast. <laughs> I mean, 525 sounds impossible, by the way. I thought the world the record is something like 540. The heavyweight the heavyweight winner, I think, was from Russia. He rode a 545, somewhere in that range. Okay. 545. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. I mean, 606 meant that he, he had a, a 131 one and a half. split. Yeah, 131 and a half across, across all his 500s. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think he's the only lightweight male who's ever gone under six. On an erg. Wow. Yeah. Now, having said that, so 606.5 was what he did. And then the heavyweight, the open winner, I I don't know how big he was, but I assume, uh, you know, like a Russian dude probably like 6'5 or something like that, 250 pounds, you know, lots of those uh, Russian supplements. But uh, he did 545 something. But then I also looked up what the juniors, the winner of the juniors, junior uh-huh. meaning under 18. So uh, 16 or 17, 16, 17 years old. What do you think the winning two 2,000 meter row time was for the juniors? And the juniors, I, I think, did not have weight classes. It was just, it was just age range. Um, probably, I don't know, like 6'10". Yeah, he did in like 6'03". Oh my god, yeah, that's, I was like, it's gotta be close, because, like, how much, how much difference can there really be, you know? Like, how, how big of a difference can there really be between the, you know, 25-year-old Olympic gold medalist and the 17-year-old, you know, who's 40 pounds heavier than him and six inches taller than him? Now, by the way, there were like 50-some-odd competitors in the lightweight male that I was watching. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of them that did not finish under seven minutes. So. Wow. So maybe you know, maybe next year you uh, you prep for the uh, for the indoor rowing championship, and you go. I and... wouldn't bet on it. No. Mm-mm. I mean, the, I I rode. I've a seen bil- that you saw the sub, sub seven, right? I I do have a sub seven, uh, and I'm that never, sounds horrifying. I'm never ever ever 
ever, 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 ever doing another 2K time trial again. It is, it is, it, I still feel that pain. I still feel it. It was, it hurt in a way that I haven't hurt in a long time. And there's a, there's probably a reason for that. The probably the reason why it hurts so much is because I did no warm up. I did no preparation. I wasn't planning on rowing a 2K. I was planning on rowing like 800 meters and uh, to warm up for a workout. Like that, I was at the gym and I had, you know, 15 minutes before class started. And I was like, I'm just going to warm up real quick. And I hopped on the rower and uh, uh, I like started moving a little bit and I felt okay. And I was like, all right, well, let's just, instead of rowing like 800, I'll row like a 2K and we'll see how it feels. Like I haven't rowed a 2K in a long time. So I set the, I set the erg to countdown, the 2K countdown. Um, and I started and I rode the first like 500 and 145, like keeping my average at 145. And I was like, man, it, I feel pretty good. And if I keep doing this, I'll finish in under seven and I've never done that before. So I might as well keep doing this. And then by the time, like the 1400 meter mark rolled by, I was in so much pain and, uh, I was looking at the, <clears throat> so I had like the really, uh, uh, like all the data screen open. So it wasn't the simplified, just like for your pace and your time thing. It was like all of the data and uh, two of the, two of the data pieces on there is expected finish and uh, average per 500 so i was like fuck like every time i would slow down that average per 500 would tick up above 145 and i was like i can't i cannot like i've already put too much effort into this i can't allow this to happen um and it, i suffered i suffered greatly for that and i don't ever want to do it again i get it but i think you're better for it having experienced it yeah i mean i would you know i may be like five years too late i should have just done that a long time ago. I don't see, I don't think there's any particular reason. Like, I don't think my energy system is like, like, I don't think I'm that much fitter. I just think that I've suffered so much pain since the last time I tried to do a 2k that I was like, what's a little more pain? Yeah. The, the, the cycle rates were what was fascinating to me. I mean, the lightweights were cycling, 35 to 39 strokes a minute for the entire time. That's aggressive. I mean, there was one guy from Uzbekistan who was doing what I could only describe as kind of like the CrossFit, the, uh, the early CrossFit rowing style where he would lean way forward and then stroke all the way to right under his chin. Nice. To like pull it right underneath his chin. So, yeah. And they were like, look at him getting really long strokes. And he was at 29 for most of the, for most of the, uh, uh, for most of the race, but he fell off basically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just interesting to watch. So I was curious what your, how you would evaluate what the best times in the world were for that. I, you know, I, I, rowing is an interesting thing. I, I don't know if you saw Wadapalooza had a really fascinating rowing event this year where I, I don't follow CrossFit events anymore. So they but had, I, they had this rowing event where it was a 12 minute max meters. Mm. Um, but 
in the field, they had programmed a pace boat. And the pace boat, so, you know, the field starts 30 seconds after the field starts, the pace boat starts rowing. And the pace boat speeds up every 30 seconds. So it's progressively faster. And it starts off, like, relatively slow, like a 150 or something. And by the end of it, it's rowing, like, in the teens. Mm-hmm. So the pace boat is accruing meters as well. And the workout stops either if you make it to 12 minutes or if the pace boat passes you. So basically, there's this, there's this you know, machine jaws on, in the floor that's, like that's cha- chasing you. That's chasing you. So the finish that's line... That's awesome. Yeah, the finish line of the workout is chasing you as opposed to you getting to the finish line. <laughs> and it's, it was so... Like the first few minutes was super boring because I think they just started the paces off a little bit too slow. And everybody was able to get a really big lead on the pace boat. But the uh, the last like two and a half minutes or three minutes, you're just watching people literally trying to hold on for dear life as this pace boat is catching them. And the, you know, they have the uh, you know, you watch the rowing championships, so they have that visualization. It looks kind of like a Super Nintendo visualization of like the rowers and everybody's paces and how many meters they have and like the the pace boat is in red and everybody else is in like white. So the little like red pace boat is like catching people and then their their score disappears and catching people and then their score disappears. And they'll have like, you know, one meter races and then it catches them as it speeds up for the next one. It was so much fun to watch. It was super, super cool. Um yeah, I the, the rowing machines like you know, we have, I have three Concept2 products in my garage. I have the ski erg, I have the bike, I have the rower. So I have basically everything that they make. Um, mm. And they are fan-fucking-tastic. That, the bike erg is sure. like my new favorite thing. Uh, it's, it, I, I try and spend a lo- as much time on that bike as I can um, each week because it, it really is, it really is a fantastic machine. But when is uh when is today's Super Tuesday? When is your uh when is your voting? Is Texas part of that? Yeah, I think Texas is part of Super Tuesday. But so have you voted? No, I haven't. I have not. Are you, are you going to vote? Probably not. Probably. Not. Really? Yeah, I don't. Why not? I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how the primary process works in Texas. I also can't remember what I'm registered as. I'm pretty sure I'm not registered Republican or Democrat. So I don't okay. think I don't think I can participate in either of those primaries. So I don't really care. Mm. Okay. You know, I'll just wait until I'll just wait until it actually matters. Aren't there aren't there like local races that you you can vote in? I have no clue. Probably. There's probably something. But again, it's like the the main the main uh, voting, like I participate in all the November elections, which are you mm. know city council and uh, grants and or not grants, but like you know what I'm talking about like taxes and yeah 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 judges and yeah. measures and exactly yeah. exactly uh, I participate in that uh, and I have every year since we moved here, but. Um, it's fucking March, man. I don't. I'm not gonna go vote. What am I voting for? Have in you March? been? Have you been getting? Have you been getting people uh, visiting your house 
Panthers? Yeah. Well, we got we've got a couple of those. Um, I think there's I think there's like judges on the ballot this time around because we had a couple of those like uh, leaflets and handouts like stuffed under the front door mm. um, over the past couple weeks. But honestly, more than anything, I just I really really can't wait for this entire thing to be over with, so that I stop getting. Um, unskippable ads from Mike Bloomberg on every video oh that I watch. And I, and I, yeah. I don't ever want to get, I like, I don't know how to stop it, but I literally, I don't, don't ever want to get a text message from another candidate ever again. If I keep getting text messages from like, Hey, it's Joe with, with Bernie Sanders or it's care. It's Ken with, you know, Mike Bloomberg, you know, uh, are you going to be with Mike? I, I never respond because I'm like, just pretend I don't exist, please. I'm going to play dead and don't ever text me again, please. But I don't know what I did to get my information on whatever list. Uh, Somebody signed you up for something. If you're getting if you're getting text messages from from Mike Bloomberg or from Biden or from Bernie, then somewhere, somehow you're your information got signed up or maybe they're looking at your registration and your age or the fact that maybe you're declined to state instead of any type of actual registration and they're reaching out hopefully yeah i I mean the, the only so the only political action i've taken in the past entire voting cycle is i actually donated to andrew yang's campaign uh, like sometime last year because I felt like it was really important for him to be on the debate stages. I was like, you know, this guy actually brings some interesting points and some analysis to the table that isn't being talked about elsewhere. I'm very curious to see if anybody will engage him in that. Never did. No one ever did. Uh, because no. it was, it's a fool's game because he wasn't there to actually politic and he was more there to just be like, hey, guys, here's some stuff that I've noticed and how I think we could fix it. And most of everyone else was like, my friend here is the, is, uh, you know, my best friend in the world is my best friend, but I fucking hate them. And they're the fucking worst human being on the fucking planet. And if you vote for them, everything's going to fucking burn and we're all going to die. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't know where that voice came from, but that's just, that's my politicking voice. Right? So I don't know. That, that was, that, that was the only political action that I'm taking, but I don't think I, I gave my phone number, uh, to, to, uh, to that campaign. And, and if I did, it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer that, uh, uh, you know, that they like traded my information to somebody else. I don't know. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's the worst. It's, it, it really is the worst, worst time of the year. You get, you get a lot, a bunch of kind of, I, I think Andrew Yang is respectful in the sense that, he seems like the only one up there who wasn't an ideologically possessed puppet. And, you know, it was just spouting off all of the things that they think people want to hear. Uh, and he was like one of the only, or one of the few Democrat lead, leading candidates that was like, Hey, uh, maybe we should focus on the actual problems rather than just, trying to go the orange man bad route. And yeah, I, I I don't know. I, it's just, 
the process uh, is exhausting. It's even worse today. It is Super Tuesday. Uh, mm. So I, you know, I, and I spend a lot of my time on YouTube, you know, consuming content in various ways. Um, and I think today I've probably seen a dozen unskippable Mike Bloomberg ads. And I'm like, why? This is stupid. Like, this is, this is so silly. Um, I get it. I get what you're trying to do, but come on, seriously, what is this? Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and on top of that, it was like, how, how, how much longer can this actually go on? Like, are we realistically speaking, you know, politics aside, it does, if this, if today doesn't go well for Mike Bloomberg, can I just never hear from him again? Is that possible? Can I ask that? Of yeah, the it's, unli- it's unlikely. Given the rules and the way they're set up, it's probably going to the convention. And there's leverage to be utilized by going to the convention if you have the money to do so. I don't know. It, it, it's we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, it, it's a. It feels like. It feels like. It feels like the Dem- Democrat establishment doesn't want Bernie Sanders, and so they're going to try to do whatever they can to slow him down. And he's being driven by a very enthusiastic base. Uh, but I mean, enthusiastic relative to the rest of the field. I don't know. I don't know how much real enthusiasm there is for a 78 year old socialist with heart problems, but I mean, who knows? I think the worst thing, listen, they're in a bad situation. I don't know how you handle it. The establishment is a bad situation. They decided to go way to the left when most people in this country are kind of rational and like, like you. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care about this too much. I I just want it to be over. And this idea of constantly saying, "Don't believe your lying eyes. Things are terrible in this country." It's it's tough. It's tough to win on that message. Um. Yeah. I mean, probably. I think. I think. Like, I, listen. I get it. Bernie is. Um, popular and he speaks to well, he's a populist yeah and and he speaks to just like trump he speaks to he speaks to some really you know like some real problems that are existent in in the u.s like healthcare is a nightmare uh it's it's it is absolutely too expensive but i'm not sure his solution is the right solution for many, many different reasons. Um, I think he does point out that, you know, the administrative costs of healthcare is what is part of the reasons why it's so expensive. And I 100% agree with him. I think that's also one of the reasons, if not the main reason why uh, college tuition is way more expensive than it ever has been in the past because administrative costs are have skyrocketed. Um, you know, I just don't know if, I, I just feel like the solutions that he's coming up with for, you know, it's, it's just not it. 
know what I mean? It's just not it. Um, I also, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time taking anybody seriously if they think that uh, whoever the president is has a, you know, massive impact on their day-to-day life. It doesn't fucking matter. The, the system is so, the system is so goddamn broken and it's so corrupt and it's so fucked up in so many different ways that whichever fucking puppet that ends up being the president of the United States states like there's going to be impact for sure and it's going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives but your day-to-day like interaction with other human beings and what you're doing unless you're actually involved in that bureaucracy really isn't going to change like it it really isn't going to have that big of an impact and i think people Mm. freaked out way too much over like the whole like oh we're moving to canada we're, we're fucking leaving the u.s and we're moving to canada because trump is the president it's like all right you didn't and it didn't matter right I, I, like i don't know what else I, like you know you're looking at it now you didn't do that and it wouldn't have mattered either way and you know the same thing with bernie sanders being president guy wants to be president great if he if he gets there okay cool but realistically speaking, what are the changes that he's actually going to make? Unless they have like this fucking crazy, complete flip and complete takeover of, you know, the entire Congress, both the House and the Senate. It's very, very, very unlikely that most of the things that he's even talking about doing ever happen. Because sure. it, it's so, and uh, it's so antithetical. Is that a correct word? Yep. It's so antithetical to everything that's laid out in like the foundation of the United States that it would require the entire system to like just align in his pocket. And if that happens, we're fucked no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the problems is that people are so tired of the, they're so tired of the, you're either one extreme or the other, and you can't have differing opinions and you can't have that conversations like this don't happen anymore. And, and people tend to t- tune them out. And they're like, oh my God, politics, let's stop listening and stop caring because I don't want to hear yay Trump, yay Bernie, uh, you know, or that, that person there is the most terrible person ever. Uh, and, and I think there need to be real discussions in terms of, in terms of what the future of, the country's going to look like as the last generation of politicians kind of kind of retires or dies off and you know a newer a newer generation comes in hopefully not doing things in the exact same way that they've been done uh in terms of 
in terms of creating a an extremist point of view. I mean, that's how the, it's a two-party system. Usually what happens is that the parties aren't all that different. There's some big marketable differences that they, that, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans run on, but mostly both parties are generally moderate and have some, uh, you know, some differing opinions on various things, whether it's, you know, abortion, or usually it has to do with social programs and how big of a safety net you're creating. And, you know, but I think the discussion of, you know, having the the country just be a completely different country. I mean, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the things you're right, there's no way that somebody coming in can change all of the things that they're looking to change first of all there isn't enough money in order to you know implement all of those things but second of all a lot of that stuff is just simply on its face un-american it's yeah well american it's, it's and not i don't just... know if that if people take that as negative and it's like okay you take it as a negative because the term american has value and it has a positive connotation and constantly trying to paint it as a negative, trying to say that the you know what everything that the United States has states has been built upon is a negative. I I, I just don't see how that's a productive productive conversation uh, because it's not true. It's not true in either direction. Are there things that need to be improved? Sure, but there's no perfect society, and. The problem is, is that there aren't enough people who have differing opinions who are willing to have a discussion. So going back to Andrew Yang, you have somebody who was willing to take the risk of saying, hey, I think there are some things that are good and some things that are bad, and let's focus on the things that are bad. But simply saying that everything the other side is doing is wrong and terrible and evil, it's not a good way to to progress and move the country forward. And I think there, there has to be people who are willing to step up and have direct conversations and be willing to, I know this is a shocking thing, but willing to be offended during those conversations in order to uh, potentially, you know, change minds and, uh, and realize that, listen, it doesn't matter if you're for Bernie or for Trump or a Democrat or a Republican, we're all Americans. No matter what you think about how the country has gotten to where it's at and the place that we're in, we're still, if not one of the, you know, the best country in the world in terms of, in terms of you know, all of the metrics that you look at, one of the best. I don't, you know, any study that says, uh, you know, the United States is the 67th best place to live in the world. You know, I mean, at, at its face value, I, I question that. And so the, you know, the, the idea of not having these discussions because we're so inundated with the extreme I just have I just have issues with that. 
you know, uh, and I know, I know it gets, it drains people. And I think it's, it's mostly because social media is such uh, a clan creating, team creating environment where, oh, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to block you so I never hear that opinion again. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's not a good way to have uh, productive discourse. And so, you know, if, for example, if somebody listening says, well, you know, it sounds like Zara is a, is, you know, a Republican and a Trump supporter. So I'm going to stop listening to anything he has to say. Eh, that's your, that's your prerogative. But at the same time, I think I'm willing and open to have discussions regarding, you know, what, uh, people see as uh, problems and issues, and I think it's I think it's important to have those discussions, just like we're having those discussions. I know it's scary uh, because people are terrified of putting out an opinion, and then they're they're worried about how other people are going to react to that opinion. And quite frankly, you know, I've got to to a point where it's I, I was worried about that too a lot. And now it's just, hey, you know what? This is what, how I think about this. I'm willing to listen to a different perspective on, on it and be open-minded and potentially offended. Uh, and I think that's productive. And uh, it shows people that I'm an individual who has varying views on a lot of different things. And that you can't just put me into the box of like, oh, well, that guy's a white supremacist. It's like, okay, I, I don't, am I even considered white? I guess. <laughs> I guess technically the government considers me white, but most people who see me are like, you know, they hear. They hear the call to prayer every time they, they look yeah. in my direction. Um, but, you know, and then I'm sure there are people shouting right now like, oh, well, that's, that's the problem. It's like, that's not a problem that's inherent to the United States. That's a human problem. It's not even a problem. It's really, it's really how we as human beings look at everything. We we generalize and compartmentalize first, and then we see the the you know the things that stand out, the outliers. Yeah, we're not quite we're not quite at the Star Trek Gene Roddenberry future where we're all just Earthlings. Well, new Star Trek, by the way, has completely eliminated that as well. The you know Picard the Picard series went completely woke and tried to install current twenty first century politics into you know, what you're, what you're referencing. And so, and that's probably why it's failing because people are sick and tired of, of, you know, the, the reason why uh, I enjoy, uh, you know, those types of shows, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars or science fiction and fantasy is because it's a, it's, you know, it's a, an escape at some level 
And the last thing I want to see is somebody try to reflect what they think, you know, current day politics look like in, you know, make believe land of wizards and sorcerers uh, or, you know, 25th century sci-fi. And, you know, it's, it's like, oh, the bad guy is a, is a populist authoritarian who's looking to shut down Earth's borders. It's like, okay. Is that what it is? I, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, right now, I think the Federation has become the the Federation. I think has become a xenophobic, uh, you know, uh, protectionist type uh, government. I guess. I Do think they the have a wall? Are they trying to build a wall? Because that'd be kind of on the nose. I think the story was that the Romulans, the Romulans like uh, home planet, whatever system it was in, the star went supernova and the Federation had an opportunity to save them. But, it, you know, when they, when they were getting prepared to save them, uh, like the, the synthetic workforce that they were using uh like rebelled and destroyed the federation's shipyards which then prevented the federation from going to help the romulans I, it's, I, i'm very I mean, confused i don't know yeah it's it's it's, it's I, not, I mean it's confusing i, I guess it could be cool i don't know I, I just I don't want to have another subscription. I already have too many subscriptions. I'm not interested in adding another. No, one. no, CBS, please. Did you see the Star Wars retcons that that came out recently? Yeah, I did. I saw a headline and I was oh, like, let, let, "Okay, let's talk about this. Forget all of that stuff." So, what what headline did you see? I saw a headline that said, "Uh, the the Palpatine in." Rise of Skywalker, I think, is what the most recent movie was called. The Palpatine yeah. in Rise of Skywalker uh, is a clone. Was a clone? Was a clone. You saw the movie, right? Unfortunately, yes. Was there any indication... Any uh, indication that he was a clone? And he wasn't actually Palpatine that survived, I don't know, getting thrown into a reactor? Uh, not only... Well of not only was there no indication that he was a clone, but, and not only did the movie as it was already completely ruin the meaning behind the original trilogy, uh, the fact that they are now making it canon that that was a clone of Palpatine or of Darth Sidious or whatever um, further buries any like it, it just further erodes any value or interest that the story could have possibly had because it makes even less sense for him to be a clone than it did for him to have survived okay i agree what was your impression of the relationship between kylo ren and Ray Palpatine? Ray Skywalker? Ray Skywalker, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. What was your impression when you watched the movie of their relationship? Of their relationship? 
yeah, what, how, how, how did, how did like the last third of the movie, what was your impression of their relationship? There was no reason for them to ever have any relationship. There, no, I get that. I, I get that there was no reason. But watching the movie, how would you describe their relationship? Uh, I don't know. Acquaintances who are ha- happen to be related. No, not related. Uh, I don't know. I, I like. There's no. Re- I don't understand. I don't know why they even uh, tried to force them into like a romantic relationship anyway. it seemed like there was something there right what based upon what we saw in the movie i didn't i didn't feel i didn't feel like they had i didn't like you're talking about like that kiss at the end of the movie now kiss, yeah yeah no that felt like it was very fucking forced that there was like there was no i i didn't see anything in any of the movies leading up to that that made me think in the what was it like four days between the start of the force awakens and the end of the la of uh of rise of skywalker uh that they would fall in love like it made no sense to me it basically was like oh well here's a female character and a male character of the same age and you know of the same sort of general skin tone therefore they must be in love with one another because this is a very small galaxy no i i okay i get that the they they didn't really set it up well but what was the payoff was that they were in love with each other? Yeah, I think that, that's that, what it was. Not only were yeah. they in love with each other at that moment, but they had been in love each, with each other since they first met. And he So was... that was also retconned. Oh, really? How so? It it it's being described as a uh the kiss is being described now by Star Wars officially as one of platonic gratitude. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I'm platonically grateful for, and I am not making out with anybody that is involved in those parts of my life. And and honestly, I'm just saying from now on, as as a thank you, I'd like to just give you a nice open mouth kiss. It's just Jesus. it's platonic gratitude. Jesus I'm grateful Christ. for everything you do in my life, Armin. And I just uh, like <laughs> that that is awful. That's yeah. awful. That is even worse than it already was. You know what that makes me feel like? It makes me feel like they added the kiss in as like a reshoot because they needed something to happen. And then they're like, oh shit, the novelization's already done. We need to figure out what to do with that kiss and the novelization. Like, well, they're not in a relationship because it hasn't been mentioned in any of the previous pieces of content around this entire stupid story. So what can we do with it? And that scene, yeah. by the way, is it's uh uh I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. I think I saw it in the movie theaters twice. Uh I haven't seen it since I saw it in the movie theaters, but I have seen like clips of it. Uh, it's very fucking clear that they're talking to each other and they're using the cutaway shots of the other person's reaction while the person is talking to them, but they removed all of that dialogue. Like they just removed all of the dialogue, whatever it was they were saying to each other, whatever stupid words that they had them say to one another were so fucking stupid that the solution they came up with was, was the 
idiocy that we actually did witness as the ending of the Skywalker saga. I hope to God that we never, ever, ever see any of those fucking characters ever again. I never want to see Han Solo. I never want to see Luke Skywalker. I never want to see Rey, whatever her name is now. I don't ever want to see Darth Sidious again. None of them should ever show up in another fucking piece of Star Wars branded media ever again. Great success, Disney. Great success. Like, just just flush the entire thing down the toilet and don't ever tell another story within a thousand years of those people being alive. Too late. Because <laughs> we're getting the High Republic. Why is it called the High Republic? I don't understand. I think what they were going for is uh, they're trying to reach a new uh, demographic of young young um you know it's the high republic you know it's like the <laughs> no i see what you're doing no? there well you know like spice has been legalized uh and is the uh, spice even exist canonically spice yeah yes yes spice can... is like yeah, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. it. I know what it is, but has it ever been mentioned oh. in the movies? Like, is it actually canon? Because technically, oh, that's a good question. They never. Yeah, they, I think it has. But has they, it? I don't think so. Because I remember, I remember, like, listen, the Huts. They're way into dealing spice. Uh, Han Solo was a spice runner. That was that's part of what he was. He was in charge. Yeah, but do of. they ever? Do they but ever? They never mention them that way. They never mentioned what it was that he. The, they never mentioned what it was that he jettisoned. To get him on Jabba's bad side, even though I mean, what else could it be? You know what I mean? Right, right. So, no, I, I guess maybe it's not canon. Maybe he was smuggling. Um, maybe he was smuggling baby Yodas, Deveronian, Deveronian children. Um, you know, across the uh, Empire's borders. There you go. That's what it was. That's what it was. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Can't canonically. They were they were fleeing galactic climate change. No, no. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we're gonna keep doing the Disney, what Disney has done to Star Wars, and continue to re-explain utterly unnecessary connections between, um, between uh, uh, the movies and the characters that really should never exist, then Han Solo was actually smuggling Palpatine's kids. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Why he had such a such a reaction when he saw Ray. That's right, because he knew where Ray came from because he was the reason why her parents made it to Yaku. There we go. We fucking <laughs> did it. And I want I would not be shocked if that wasn't added in to the canon. Because oh. fuck it, why not? I, I mean I honestly I honestly don't at this point I wouldn't be surprised if they made all these ridiculous fucking connections for no reason at all. And it yeah. makes me it makes me I mean we we've talked about this, but it makes me even more um it makes me slightly more upset about The Last Jedi because that movie was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but it makes me think that maybe it could have been a better movie. Like, you know, it could have been a better movie if there was even 
any semblance of thought process within the organization to make a better movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Clearly there was, there's a lot of balls being dropped. Um, yeah. And the end result is a fucking disaster. Is there anything that's upcoming that you're excited about? Mm. Not, not star Wars necessarily, but anything, anything that you've seen where you're, you know, because uh, yeah, I think we've, I think we've, uh, we've made it clear that we're unhappy with the direction Star Wars went. But I, is there anything that you've seen that is that you're excited about? I have no idea. I mean, maybe the Bond movie. Like, I'm, I'm going to look at my. I'm going to look at my uh, Alamo the Bond Jack movie. Has, the new, the new James Bond movie. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I just, just sensing what direction they're going there i'm not excited about that at all um yeah that's that's i don't i don't think there's any other movies that i'm interested in really watching i think the direction hollywood's going is is to virtue signal by emasculating its male um leads historically historically masculine male leads by showing them uh, to be impotent and without virtue. What? Wait. What is? What is? Did I miss something about um, about the Bond movie? Yeah. yeah, I think he teams up with the new Double O agent, who is a young. Uh, female person of color okay and and who's better than him at all of the bond stuff sick yep <laughs> i don't i don't i i have no idea i have no idea uh most times i see trailers these days i'm just very very unimpressed like nothing really stands out to me so i don't know maybe there's something i'm missing but uh yeah, I can't think of any anything that I'm particularly excited about seeing or I'm going to go out of my way to see. The last movie I saw was Little Women. Was what? Little Women. What? Which one was that? The one with the little women in it. I mean, what are they like? Uh, like? Do you seriously not know what... Chronicle... What, there's no way... Chronicle, you... <laughs> uh, chronicle of like, uh, you know, the, the battle that female little people had uh, in the late 19th century? I, I, what was the movie about? What was you, Little Women? You're almost there. You, you, there's no way you don't know what Little Women is. There's a 0% chance. And I'm looking at your face right now, and your face is saying, of course I know what Little Women is. No, explain, this, explain it to me. I, I want to hear it from you. Um, it was, Can you give a, me a brief synopsis of the movie? It's a movie based on a book about a family mm. uh, that has four sisters in it mm. and they're coming of age in uh, the late 19th century. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I nailed the timeline. Yeah, or maybe okay. it was the early 20th century. I don't know. They're, the printing cool. press exists. So 
I don't know. The what. printing press exists. Yeah. yeah, that was the Gutenberg in the 15th century. Yeah, but, so sometime uh, between the sometime between the 1500s and 2020 is when it takes okay. place. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there are no cars, so it's that's why I'm saying late 19th century, maybe. How was it? The movie was good. Yeah, it was fine. You know, it was like Katie wanted to see it for sure, so we were going to go see it no matter what. Um, but it was okay overall. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was a fun watch. Um, I remember briefly remember reading the book as a kid, but I don't remember all the details. So like watching the movie, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Um, this is fun." And I, I guess I could see why it's, you know seems to be so popular like it's a really popular book i guess uh and the story is super popular with people too so i don't know it was it was fine the the main the main actress uh sir swarcy sershi sir sir sar sarche ronan the irish chick she's really fucking good I have no idea who you're talking about. She's really, really good. She's like, I mean, she's good. not as good as the actress of the decade of the last decade. Who's the actress of the decade? And what oh, stupid organization am I going to be upset you didn't, with now? You didn't see. You didn't see who was named the actress of the decade? Taylor Swift. No, I don't know who was it. Chris, Kristen Stewart. Really, the actress of the decade. Actress of the decade. I think it was the uh, the last uh, Charlie's Angels movie that put her over the top. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I I have no idea. That's how is that even possible? I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it, here's my uh, attention deficit disorder kicking in. You mentioned Taylor Swift. Did you see Taylor Swift's new music music video? No, I don't really watch. Oh, oh my God. In a good way or a bad way? Just do me a favor and go watch. I think it's called The Man. Oh, nice. The the Man. Uh, In fact, yeah, just just go watch. We can end on that. Go watch The Man. I'd love to talk to you about uh, the Taylor Swift's new video. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll do that. It sounds like you have a busy week, but, uh, as always, I really enjoy uh, talking with you. I know we got into uh, some political weeds, uh, but I think it's important for somebody out there to have a discussion. And it's not like, you know, this is a, you know, I mean, you have a platform, but it has to start someplace. I think people, as long as people start having discussions, even if they are going to feel uncomfortable having them, uh, I think that's really important. And I hope people do that. But uh, I will, uh, I mean, have a good week. You, you said you're, you're here, you're not traveling, so that's good. Correct. So I'm around this weekend, uh, but next week kicks off a pretty big couple of weeks. I'll be in Montreal for five or six days and then uh southern california for five or six days nice montreal yeah are you gonna stop by uh are you gonna stop by tristar uh (laughs) that would be super dope 
Uh, you should. Why not? You have this opportunity to to travel. You, you should stop by. You should stop by and I don't know, get some training in. My see if my, you could talk to Faraz. Yeah, my my uh, my schedules tend to be almost packed. almost hurtfully packed. Yeah, which is yeah. why I which is why I, I can't usually make the time for drop ins like that. But you know, maybe maybe there'll be a day in there that I can squeeze out. Listen, just reach out to him uh, and see if he's in town. He's talked about CrossFit before in a critical fashion, and you can just mention that you are a uh, you know, you do what you do, whatever your spiel is. I don't know how you describe what you do. Yeah, me neither. Do you me are neither. you a are you an are you an Instagram influencer or a YouTube personality? Yeah, Which someone one? someone referred to me as an influencer earlier today, and I was like, "All right, I'm not going to say no, but I don't know how many people I'm influencing." Um, but I'll, I'll take it. I guess. Listen, I'm starting to see a lot of thick boys walking around with mullets and, uh, fanny packs. Yeah. The uh, mullet, the mullet is the real influencer. I, I'm just the legs attached to it. I'm just the mouthpiece. Since you're, you're squatting more. They're very thick legs. That's right. That's right. I'm a, that's I'm right. a tree trunk with a mullet. That's really what matters. That's, that's, that's the body goals. <laughs> tree trunk with a mullet. <laughs> yeah well very cool dude I, I appreciate i appreciate chatting with you as always Likewise. Uh, it was very cool to get a chance to hang out over this past weekend and also get to do this so bonus yeah i really appreciate it